so much of the idea with um, this podcast being called The Appetite is exploring kind of getting more out of life mm-hmm. and asking for more in your relationship to yourself and to your body and others. And it, in some ways, I think that it could be somewhat of an unnatural topic for people looking to explore issues of food, body, mental health even, to discuss forgiveness. But that's what we're doing today. And I'm really, to me, it feels like a very important part of being close to oneself Mm -hmm. and also to have a healthy relationship with one's body. Mm -hmm. There's an aspect of forgiveness and acceptance in that too. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, RO, RODBT in particular, has a lot to say about forgiveness Mm -hmm. and defining it. Lexi, do you feel open to kind of trying to define it with us? Sure. Yeah? Uh Okay. We can all take part in this, but... Yeah, well, maybe I would first say, talk about um, why RODBT has a lot to say on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would link it with over-control, you mm-hmm. know, because, of course, RODBT targets the emotional loneliness associated with over-control. And forgiveness may be more of a struggle for folks who are on the over-controlled side mm-hmm. um, because they may struggle more with expressing their emotional experience or allowing their emotional experience to be out there mm-hmm. um, felt and it may cause emotions to, you know, persons over controlled, hesitant temperament may cause emotions to go more underground mm-hmm. and build into resentment and grudge holding and longer term anger. Mm. Um, and so that's where, when we're when in RODBT, we're talking about Forgiveness, because it's often that the person, you know, sometimes a person is holding some long-term resentments Mm -hmm. and grudges towards themselves or others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so particularly in an eating disorder setting or with people that are struggling with their bodies Mm -hmm. or internalizing things enough that they start just projecting everything onto their bodies, forgiveness Mm -hmm. would be probably a pretty natural place to start unlocking some of that stuff. Yeah. And one of the one of the one of the key parts of the forgiveness work in RODBT is acknowledging that a, a hurt has even happened. Right. Because part you know part of forgiveness is we have to acknowledge that a grievance is held or we've mm-hmm. been hurt, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. to do the act of acknowledging something means moving towards it, acknowledging pain, moving towards. Um, memories that are perhaps painful mm. and the, the exact thing you want to forget. So mm-hmm. I think about that as just, you know, the one of the biggest, a huge first step in forgiveness is acknowledging that the hurt is there mm-hmm. and that there has been a transgression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's no small task, no. just encountering our pain in, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm so curious, when you present this in the group, mm-hmm. what's the initial reaction from mo- most of the time? I mean, I think the few times that we've done this, this group, it's, I feel like those sessions are heavy. Like there's silence. There's a lot more silence. I always Mm -hmm. feel more quiet Mm -hmm. heaviness in the room. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, usually I think of what gets brought up in some of the process groups at Opal is there's a lot more connection with anger towards their body. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where a lot of the avoided emotions have been directed to is mm-hmm. um, being angry, being angry at their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and what word that we get at, at that part is in, in body image group, we do some letter writing from self to body. And usually, um, not always, but usually there's uh, a lot of anger and hatred being expressed in those letters mm-hmm. that and often has, it's, it's, you know, often it's, it's so intense because they're not expressing anger to other people in their lives. Right. That's what I was going to say is yeah. you know, if, if you didn't, ex- if you weren't angry with your body, who would you be angry with? Exactly. Oh, you I know. love that question. Yeah. Displaced mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is and that's common, um, Julie, to get at your question with that. Yeah. The per- in our, the clients we work with, the tendency is there to be a lot, not a lot of anger expressed. Mm-hmm. Right. So interpersonally, interpersonally. Right. Towards self, there's a lot of anger, but mm-hmm. interpersonally. So maybe more of the struggle of the forgiveness process is mm-hmm. holding 
the other accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably more of the struggle for our particular mm-hmm. clients. Yeah. I know. I, like I letting think that... anger be, be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause as a dietitian, I would say I hear a lot of the anger towards themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Of maybe a cycle they're in with food and the pattern they see happening with food and then what to do with that if they wish it was different or wished mm-hmm. it was different decades ago. I don't know, mm-hmm. yesterday or a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe I hear a lot more of that, right? The whole internal experience mm-hmm. and how do they work on that versus all of it being about other people. And right, yeah. where is that? You know, that's going to happen maybe more in therapy. Right. You get the more mm-hmm. specifics of a food and body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I always think of uh, when we start out this class, I always ask, you know, what when when we when we use the term, I forgive you, what are we saying? What does that even mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. When we forgive someone, what are we actually doing if we unpack that? Mm-hmm. I sort of think a, about it in two different ways. I think first of like a very passive aggressive move um, that maybe a child would make. Like, oh. I forgive you, you know, rolling the eyes. (laughs) Exactly. You're rolling the eyes. You don't actually mean it. Um, And it's a nice thing to say. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you're supposed to say it. You're supposed to move forward. You're supposed to ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and then you're supposed to receive it. And that's why I love my preschool because my, you didn't have to do that. No, no. My kids are at a preschool that the teachers do not make the child say, Oh, interesting. I'm sorry. I forgive you because they're like, they don't, they actually are not there right so we're not going to force them right. to do it right <laughs> anyway, i think that's mm. fascinating yeah. to wonder how many times we're just forced to say those words mm. but then they don't end up meaning anything right yeah. because that's pretty common in parenting mm. is a pretty common thing mm-hmm. to just ha- no mm. now you need to say i'm sorry and yeah. so anyways in that preschool environment my kids have not been forced to do that well i've actually so. read something about that recently yeah. um where i read that in lieu of having kids say i'm sorry it's kind of more important to actually walk the kid through some sort of development of empathy mm-hmm. first. Because if you're just going quick to I'm sorry or mm-hmm. so quick to I forgive you on the other side of it, then you're not developing empathy. And Definitely. if you're not, uh, yeah, in the forgiveness realm of it, you might not also be really developing the skills to look internally at what's happened yeah. and to see where you're mad, see where you're upset, and then genuinely say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. So that would that would be the second side of it, not just the, the like mm-hmm. passive aggressive version of I forgive you. But really, I think that it can represent, Lexi, like this idea of of I've been through a process and I'm coming mm-hmm. to you now totally. to tell you I've come to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes of forgiveness get, of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of my anger or mm-hmm. of my grudge. Yeah. 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 And and I, you know. A lot of times we don't have access to the other person mm-hmm. or maybe it's mm-hmm. not um, safe to interact with them for whatever reason um, or the process is your own and you want it to be no one else's. You don't want it to be the other person. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is, um, uh, gosh, an amazing process when we can have the other person there and we can move through the whole process of forgiveness with someone and of understanding each other and Mm -hmm. and then there are times when that's just not going to be the case and that's maybe it's a that's maybe a more rocky Mm -hmm. process of forgiveness Mm -hmm. um but one of the things we talk about in Naro is that you don't um that forgiveness is is for yourself Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. it's not for the other and it can be it can be done independent of other Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it can it's your own process. Mm-hmm. I think of yeah the metaphors and things that people can do to do symbolism or action or something to that can kind of move people into a place of forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We think of it as one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, a, you know, a lot of times we feel like we, to not forgive someone is punishing them and we to hold that grudge or hold that resentment like mm. keeps them on the fire. And um, that's not true. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, work. Right. Because <laughs> most of the time you're punishing yourself. You're punishing yourself you're really and another punishing. person is okay. <laughs> yeah, they know. I've, I've tried that one. Really? Lots. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and then a... finally you're like, I'm sick and tired of holding this grudge and it's not doing anything for the other person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Right. You're not. The other person is is not maybe even aware Where? that you're That's hurt. I mean, they may not even be aware that you're yes. hurt, mm-hmm. yet you're, you know, in your mind holding this grudge yes. and this punishment 
of the other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about like what is to forgive, but what is a grudge? Like, why do we do that? How does that function? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the middle of holding a grudge. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I know pretty well you tell. why towards, I'm holding is it. Is it towards me? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, Lexi. No. <laughs> it's not you either, right Julie. Okay, okay. And it's not you, Carter. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> no, it's one I, of you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> one of you out there. No, I, <laughs> I'm kind of a, I'm a grudge holder in the sense, and it directly links to, it's very, it is still difficult for me to openly express anger. Mm. It has kind of been a lifelong <laughs> thing I've worked on and I'm still working on it, mm. still working on it. So I would say that is directly connected to holding grudges mm-hmm. is because it's very difficult and scary for me to express anger. And part of my understanding of that is um, it wasn't model. There was not the modeling of it um, in my family of origin and the communities I've been in. So uh, it's now thanks to Julie and Lexi, I think they're better at it. <laughs> so I've learned it a little Aww. bit from them. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm practicing, I'm, I'm trying, I'm practicing it. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, I mean, it, with like my spouse, for example, he, he gets the brunt of my, my learning mm. and it's easy for me to hold grudges, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on expressing my anger more directly mm-hmm. and he wants me to, it's mm-hmm. just hard for me. Yeah. It's really scary. Yep. I can understand that. Mm. To me, I imagine grudges and I, I feel disconnected from them, honestly, when I, when I'm really mad at someone, it takes me a while to even realize because mm. I'm more like, oh, no, it's fine, you know. But I think about a grudge as kind of leaking out everywhere mm-hmm. except for to the person that mm-hmm. it's toward, right? <laughs> yeah. That you suddenly – you're fuming and maybe you're like making some snide comment to someone else yes. or mm-hmm. just or that – passive-aggressive exactly. comments, little zingers come out. Exactly. And that goes back to that over-control idea, right? That there's yeah. something about like, oh, I'll keep the control over how mm-hmm. mad I am about this or <laughs> – I can I can decide when I'm talking about this now and you don't ever give the control back into the relationship or release the control back right. into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know I struggle personally. I've gotten better with expression of anger over over the years um, that I used to struggle more with difficulty accessing anger mm. and um easily moving towards empathy towards the other person and, mm-hmm. and losing losing all yeah. track of my anger. Yeah. Mm. My empathy was so strong that mm. I've easily slid into understanding the other's experience totally. and couldn't couldn't find my own sturdy sense of self within mm-hmm. whatever had happened. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've been working on for for years and probably will be for life because that's mm. just my tendency is to f- ooze with empathy and lose lose my anger mm-hmm. move quickly to forgiveness too mm-hmm. quickly yeah mm-hmm. i can go you know i i i forgive easily it's harder to hold someone accountable or hold my mm-hmm. my anger in place for mm-hmm. any length of time mm-hmm. that's where i struggle more mm-hmm. yeah i definitely relate to that i i like i relate to it so much probably that i'm wanting to ask like well i mean what's so wrong with being you know, forever. Empathetic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the best quality you could have to just be so empathetic all the time and so mm-hmm. understanding? But I, I know, too, that that doesn't actually work so well. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if we were, mm-hmm. we, had, we had anger removed from our emotion? No, I'm kidding. Right. If we weren't human. No. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting because I'm, I'm hearing in that how there could be a loss of self in it. Right. Right? I right. mean, that's just mm-hmm. what I hear in that. It's just a continual sort of whittling away. Mm-hmm. If one is always going to be so other focused mm-hmm. that you only have those glimmers, and right. I would I would imagine that there are a lot of people listening that might really identify with that too. Yeah, just going, oh, but I don't even know who I am in that. Then, right. if mm-hmm. because sure, you might have like a very short, brief thought of reaction to something, and someone may not even mm-hmm. use the word anger, right? But a reaction to something, and then kind of put it away. Yeah, with mm-hmm. that empathy and other centeredness. Right, and I think mm-hmm. that goes back to our central question of what is what does this have to do with? Our bodies. What does this have to do with our relationships and our mental health? Yeah. Um, and to me, I think that it's it's if you're unwilling to be angry too, you're unwilling to see maybe that there's a full picture, and you might not be entirely wrong, and you and I might not be entirely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something more complicated to find out. Mm-hmm. And and where is that anger going? Because it's right. there. It's going somewhere. It's getting yeah. displaced so, somewhere. 
I'm yeah. wondering if maybe you got all the youth therapists in the room. Um, <laughs> um, share just, yeah, what are some of the things that your clients have come out working on anger towards, like towards mm-hmm. themselves, towards others, towards other systems? Mm-hmm. Like just name some, just like make, like start, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like to give people some more clarity and some specifics on what, what are people mad about that could manifest themselves with um, eating and body image issues? Wow, what are people mad about? Yeah, I think there's lot. a lot of anger <laughs> towards family of origin. Yeah. yeah. Like what kinds of things happen in the family of origin that they're mad about? Well, and we're, and we're working with adult clients, right? So it's mm-hmm. stuff that they haven't they haven't dealt with, processed yeah. around things from childhood. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like what? Abuse. <laughs> Abuse. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Parents um, miss it not being attuned to them. Okay. Parents being over-controlled, mm-hmm. like over-controlling. Over-controlling. Yeah, mm-hmm. controlling or smothering. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a lot of anger around mm-hmm. not getting some space. Yeah. And so a lot. I think a lot of harm can be done in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or too much space emotionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or pull your, enough containment. Yeah, yeah pull your boots up by your bootstraps and right? get over it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about um, kind of the idea of of internalizing some sort of punishing voice from your life. Mm. So whether that's really overtly an emotionally abusive parent or a culture or who knows what. A coach. A coach, exactly. Somebody, an adult that's yeah. played a significant role in, yep. the, in their life, a teacher, a coach. Right. And you've been... So the, words said. Words said, but also like you're sort of ambivalent actually about, well, this was my caregiver. This was someone that was really incredibly important to me. I can't possibly be angry at them. Right. right. And so you learn how to punish yourself instead. Mm-hmm. You like, al- mm-hmm. you collude mm-hmm. with that voice of punishment and start trying to punish yourself mm-hmm. through... Mm-hmm. Over exercise, through an eating disorder, mm-hmm. through self harm, through I mean, God knows yeah. what. And part of and part of it is the black and white nature of over control of just if not being able to see someone in gray. Mm-hmm. That there's parts that they're angry about, and there's parts that they love and adore. Right. And to hold yeah. the complexity of having both is really difficult mm-hmm. for for our clients and for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another re- reason it's very difficult to say I'm angry because right. of mm-hmm. the, the the gray that. Um, right. That somehow that that infers that the person's all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holding yeah. both anger and and empathy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I also think we talk in, in RODBT about um, how forgiveness does not mean approval mm-hmm. of what's happened. So I think a lot of times people think if I forgive you, that means I'm saying it's OK. Mm-hmm. What's happened okay. is OK. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's and you can you can forgive and lay claim to to the event being absolutely not OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. You could also be mad at someone mm-hmm. and know that that doesn't mean that you don't love them. Right. You know, on the mm-hmm. opposite side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I just, yeah, I hear people bring a lot of anger towards things that are said the way that food was talked about in their family, the way that appearance was given a lot of energy maybe in different environments that they've been grown up in. Mm-hmm. And then it can kind of go broader, right? Like anger toward, I, that's where some of the advocate comes, like anger towards society or some of the systems mm-hmm. that they've been a part of that contributing to the way that they believe about weight and food and right. body and size and right. like anger. That's where I I love it when clients get into the anger around some of that stuff and start seeing things, mm-hmm. to my opinion, more clearly mm-hmm. about how things have been unjust around them and how Absolutely. things weren't treated with care and love and yeah. Right. Usually We're, that's an easier place to place anger because it isn't towards their loved one where it's more complex. Mm-hmm. Like when we have, we bring in articles from, you know, random people that they don't know and they can direct tons of anger <laughs> towards the writer of this article because mm-hmm. they don't know them. Mm-hmm. And so they can do a lot of projecting onto the writer mm-hmm. yeah. um, because really they just need to release some anger. anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of anger towards self. To wow, yeah. I mean, I'm Lots thinking about that self. quote of a client in RO of like I've done something that's unforgivable, yeah. that's so and sad. then unpack and like learning more about what she'd mm. done, and it was absolutely, I mean, it it was a hard experience for her, but it as the listener, you're thinking that's absolutely forgivable, yeah. <laughs> um, but the eating disorder serving the purpose of punishment, mm. I don't know, like I don't get to eat, I don't yeah. get to need. Mm-hmm. I am going Penance. to punish myself for what I have done mm-hmm. uh, for my transgressions. And, it, and, it's, and it's a lifelong punishment cycle that the person might be in. I mean, that's what we're seeing more at, at OPO with our o- over-controlled clients is that self-punishment 
and lack of forgiveness of self, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's also yeah. this feeling uh, in RO, we talk about this, is that about how forgiveness does not mean opening yourself up to more hurt in the future. So a lot of people hold, I'm not going mm-hmm. to forgive because to that will protect me mm. um, from future harm. Mm-hmm. And when we think yeah. about forgiveness from an RO perspective, we're saying... Mm. You can forgive and protect yourself from future mm-hmm. from future harm, and in fact, you know, anger and frustration is going to be your best protector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you just pay attention to your anger and frustration, frustration, you're gonna mm-hmm. that's going to serve you quite well in terms of protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to think about the cycle that people coming in with regrets and um, frustration around behaviors that they've had with food so much you know what's the next step in terms of forgiving themselves they don't want they they want to have the shame and the guilt because they feel like that's going to protect them from doing it again um but instead recognizing wait could forgiveness actually leave them with the hope of the next day being different and i find so many times i'm like the only voice to them to say like it could be different like it doesn't mean that you have to keep doing the same thing but Mm -hmm. they're so scared of letting go of the judgment and the belief that that was so wrong and so bad and I can't possibly do that ever again and there's no way I could forgive myself for that because they feel like that's going to be protective right mm-hmm. like with you it's know, so digs with, them deeper right would that be like with someone eating too much of one thing or yeah I would say weight or what is it yeah I, I feel like it's more maybe more I think of evening eating I'm like thinking here of more of the stories I hear of more mm-hmm. evening eating that could be overeating could be binging um, it could be just you know, having a little nighttime snack that they told themselves they weren't going to have. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be quantity. It can be just more their own decision of what they planned on doing and then didn't follow through on doing. Um, So I think, I think that. How failure can be fuel for the. Mm -hmm. um, Lack of forgiveness and withholding Mm -hmm. the forgiveness because that's the only way I've got to keep this. I got to harbor this. That's what's Mm going to keep me from doing it again because I I don't want to feel this way again tomorrow. So I, I need to keep. I have to have this anger towards myself and has to keep. They think it's motivating. Yeah, exactly. It's like a motivation to keep doing the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that actually gets modeled within the sport world too, is just how coaches, Mm -hmm. how they approach coaching a sport, right? Mm -hmm. How do they motivate their athletes? Do they motivate them through, yeah, that kind of punishing? Mm -hmm. Or is that that what's going to get the results? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking too, OC, there's such a people-pleasing aspect of the the OC temperament, and I think probably a lot of people don't want to um, align with it as being an aggressor. Yeah, right, right, right. And they can more towards themselves, but not certainly not with people. Right. The overly agreeable subtype, certainly, right, right where that's the people pleasing side right. is is um, strong. Right. And anger is really difficult to connect, more difficult to connect mm. to for those who are on the more people pleasing side. Mm. So yeah, that's. That's probably going to be one of their struggles. Mm-hmm. And just for people that maybe haven't heard about overly agreeable versus overly disagreeable, yeah. I would want to add too that, like, for someone that's overly disagreeable and quick to be angry, maybe um, the idea of actually being vulnerable to things that have happened to them and being upset about it mm-hmm. and penetrable in that way mm-hmm. is really important in terms of a forgiveness process or a grief process. Right. Right. And yeah. wouldn't you say that 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 would be, it would be more difficult or more um, easy to connect to the grief side or sorry, more difficult to connect to the grief side. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe on the other hand, the overly (laughs) agreeable agreeable. person has more difficulty with the anger, but maybe a little bit easier access to grief. I know that Mm -hmm. fits me. Right. Because the overly disagreeable maybe would, would struggle with the vulnerability of acknowledging that they've been hurt, right. that they're in pain, that, they're that in they, pain. there's totally. been a transgression. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they may be quite, you know, angry, angry in their yeah. expression, but not really willing to show the vulnerability under that anger. Mm-hmm. I can, I can land in that camp in times. <laughs> right, ladies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. You weren't the person that came to mind, but. <laughs> oh, it wasn't? Oh, good. I'm not the top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have a Julie bubble in my head. No. <laughs> Julie, can you think of a time that you were kind of going through that well, process? I just, I, I can't, I, I, right now I can't think of like an example example. It's just like something that kind of stirs and then I feel like it's a um, a way of being, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a protection that then I'm not going to bring it. And then if I do bring it, especially with Lexi and Kara and like that intimate relationship, like mm-hmm. I can – 
I can bring it eventually, but if I'm st- if I'm harboring it for a, bu- a bit, I'm probably going to be more short and mm-hmm. quick in interactions. I'm going to kind of avoid the mm-hmm. possibility of talking. <laughs> um, I don't know, like possibility not of talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, not like like re- not trying to maybe avoid the office or whatever versus um, their office doors open. Like other times, it'd be like, oh hi, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not if I'm in that mode. I would say I get more. Um, yeah, it's more internal, and it can kind of go in a lot of different negative directions. But then, it is it is probably a protection of like, oh, I I I can't stop right now to be vulnerable is what would be my mm-hmm. yeah. sort of mode. I would you've say. got too much to do. Yeah, that, that, that mm-hmm. yes, that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it's like I don't have time for that. That's just more my oh. and then she's my way. She's with two people that <laughs> can are gonna draw that keep, out pretty quickly, yeah. and they're gonna notice that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not gonna go unnoticed. But I don't know if that's specific enough. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think, think it's kind specific. Of, yeah, yeah. Okay. there's a relational quality that like kind of brings you into a different process mm-hmm. of having to feel more. Yeah, and I've grown in understanding that I'm gonna have that feeling inside that has mm-hmm. that that like okay, something needs to be talked about. I need to share that this was hurt, or I had this anger, or I frustrated about this thing. But it's it's harder to take the time to do it, right, mm-hmm. in my mind. And it might not be the most – it's the easiest thing to check off my list. It's not maybe the easiest thing to check off my list. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get on the list. It probably wouldn't even get on the list. The right? Yeah. Yeah, be vulnerable with Lexi and Kara about what I felt in that moment. <laughs> it doesn't get on the list. <laughs> but it does end up happening. <laughs> yeah. What about for either of you? Are there Are there times that you can think of that feel like there was particularly like – an opportunity where you were struggling through the grief or forgiveness process and it wound up actually being something that was connecting or something that brought you into a different part of yourself or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) I see some nodding, Lexi. Well, I mean, Julie, as you were... (laughs) As you were talking through your yeah. experience, I mean, I think Julie and I, we've yes. been through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have. Been yeah. through stuff. Yep. Yep. Stuff. It's true. Okay. And I feel like. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm we can talk I'm about it. I'm like, sweat a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think. Yeah. I think Julie, Julie and I have been through some hard times, mm-hmm. you know, over mm-hmm. and so Kara and I too, and yeah. the three of us, but I, I guess when, as mm-hmm. we were talking about, um, this and going through mm-hmm. Julie and Thinking I went through a process it. yeah recently yeah. you know and I feel a lot of mm-hmm. forgiveness around I, mm-hmm. forgiveness of myself I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in a different place than mm-hmm. I was a few months ago with mm-hmm. with you and our relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. I think I just feel like it's mm-hmm. it is in itself like a, a forgiveness process mm-hmm. that we've been through mm-hmm. if I really think about mm-hmm. these principles and what's mm-hmm. happened Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sure. there was I had a lot of we had a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. You don't need to hear all the details, for everybody. Yeah. But no. it's, but it's yeah. true, and it and it was like a thing that it required the pursuing of it is what I would say is like yeah. continuing mm-hmm. to name it and continuing to say I think that's still in the room. Mm-hmm. I think something's happening still. Like I think let's get back. And it was having to kind of talk through. Even like some certain moments, multiple different times at different times, mm-hmm. like I would say, mm-hmm. is like coming back to similar meetings mm-hmm. multiple times to then be able to talk through um, the details. I think we're having some construction noises. Is that what's happening, uh, ladies, yeah. in this podcast? Construction yeah. noises. Yes. Okay. So if the listeners are listening, there's definitely I some construction the, happening. We are in Seattle, Washington. There's a lot of growth and development yeah. happening. Or yeah. earthquakes coming. I was hoping it wasn't an earthquake. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, why okay. did we just pop out of vulnerability? Yeah. No, that was the perfect did, huh? opportunity yeah. to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> but you know That's, what, Julie? Um, yeah. What I think we're, we are so lucky to have that that mm-hmm. maybe a lot of listeners and a lot of us don't always have is we were willing to engage in the yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. You didn't avoid I it. mean, <sighs> I was so grateful for that. And yeah. a lot of relationships, you don't have access to the person. The person mm-hmm. won't, isn't willing to mm-hmm. sit in the muck of difficulty like that mm-hmm. and work through a process. So you're on your own, mm-hmm. you know, trying sure. to work yeah. through your own emotion yeah. and you don't have yeah. the privilege of getting to sit and really sit through, mm-hmm. sit through a process with somebody. Mm-hmm. 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 So, it's true. It's really that, you know, the RO idea of conflict can be intimacy enhancing. Yes, right. I, we have uh, definitely yeah. seen that yeah. to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's definitely true. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. I was just thinking. <laughs> Rehashing. I don't, don't want to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Kara, were you but thinking good. of anything in particular? Um, 
Well, I, my brain was a little bit more towards Julian Lexi with that question. Um, is that what you were thinking of when you were kind of looking at me? Well, you I was thinking of Julie and I. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking. I mean, I was thinking also about wait a couple of times when Lexi said, "Are you mad at me? Are you mm. mad?" and trying to kind of get oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. see if I had anger. Um, and just mm. us trying to explore that a little bit together. I'm like, I don't think I'm mad, but maybe I'm mad. I don't know. <laughs> and do, she, you know, she's she's doing it in such a kind way. I know that's also pretty unique. But um, yeah, it's such a toughie. Um, and I really, I'm committing to. It. I, I want to commit to understanding that better. Um, and I and I think of yeah, Lexi's out. Like she's kind of tried to draw it out of me at times. Of you seem mad. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> um, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just reflecting on what the process between the two of them and yeah, being able to witness that and be a part of it and mm-hmm. really be inspired and by the bravery mm-hmm. and then feeling the the connection and the closeness by mm-hmm. what you guys were willing mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. with each other. <coughs> it's interesting how how mm-hmm. how off how much we're um moving back to the anger, the emotion of anger mm-hmm. as we talk about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I know, Isn't that it is. interesting? Yeah. I think it's really a key part of forgiveness. Maybe. Let's talk about I anger. Mean, yeah. 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 Is letting yourself feel the feel the feels mm-hmm. of whatever it is that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually was at a, a friend's house for dinner last night and I don't even know how this is ironic, but I don't know how it came up, but she said something to me like, I don't know I've seen you get angry <laughs> and it was somehow involved in our dinner party um <laughs> so I, don't know, like, I don't know how we got there you guys I don't know how we got there but yeah. I'm like well yeah I mean it's not the easiest for me to express I'm not sure mm. um and then I've known her since childhood so I was like did what was it like to be friends with me growing up and not seeing that I was angry and we there is mm-hmm. I mean there's more to understand mm. I don't know but I feel like I'm a little bit in an unknown around some of that anger piece and then what it, how that has impacted relationships. Because hmm. mm-hmm. the other, other emotions that could come that then would lead somebody towards desiring forgiveness would be, would be sadness for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of what, I mean, I guess, yeah. Sadness, I'm thinking law. about stuckness. I'm just okay. being stuck okay. um, mm-hmm. in particular that, and that's, I think, an interesting part of this idea about forgiveness is that I think sometimes it's a really obvious thing that needs to happen, and there's clearly some sort of issue or conflict. And then I think other mm. times, too, there's really subtle refusal to grow or right. refusal to move forward in your life or yeah. um, a refusal to deal with a particular issue or relationship totally. or trauma experience or something. And And I think that I don't know. I mean, that can be a really scary place, place where you're like, oh, I'm just not interested. But I'm not sure that most people think of that as an opportunity mm-hmm. to move into a process of grief and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that it really is. Right. Mm-hmm. We really do. And that's something we talk about in RO is yeah. is what's as part of the process of forgiveness is looking at where you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Where's your edge? Right. Where's your edge? What do you keep going back to in your mind or your emotion yeah. that's keeping you stuck in the past mm-hmm. or in an in an assumption that is no longer yeah. that's been mm, blown out of big. the water? Right. That's big. Right. Um, and we've talked in RO a lot, too, recently about how forgiveness is associated with grief and how yeah. that is, because we because mm. in, in forgiveness, a lot of times we're we're having to grieve more and the loss of an assumption we had Mm -hmm. about life or about someone Mm -hmm. in particular or about who we are in the world, right? who people, other people are in the world. There's something that's really core Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and, uh, totally grief stricken, (laughs) you know, about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about something that feels really vulnerable to me, which is um, actually an experience of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And I, it was something that, of course, I was not necessarily, of course, but for me, I was moving through all the time, thinking through all the time and really going through a process of trying to kind of reconcile what had happened and felt like I had moved probably way too quickly into forgiveness of this person. Mm-hmm. And um, it just I kept 
being the central story for me over and over and over again. And what wound up feeling like the most important process was when I was really willing to say, there's parts of me that showed up in that experience or didn't show up in that experience that I haven't been able to really face. Mm -hmm. And there, it was easier for me to be empathetic probably to the other person. Um, and easier maybe for me to be mad at myself or mad at, um, mad at him sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But for me, for sure, it was really, really difficult to say, oh, there are parts of me that like I, I lost during that time that I haven't wanted to think about, mm -hmm. or maybe some external factors that add to the complexity of the story. Mm -hmm. So maybe I've actually grieved the actual incident, but Mm -hmm. Maybe some of the core beliefs that were there before and after haven't really been dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so going back in and saying what's lost, what mm -hmm. was, what was this about, mm -hmm. has been so much richer mm -hmm. and so much more releasing than just being mad or just being mm -hmm. forgiving. Yeah. There was like just a mess of complexity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And some beauty, too. Mm -hmm. That was the cool thing. Um, some places where I actually got to see like, oh, there's a lot of strength there or mm -hmm. there was a lot of wisdom here. Mm -hmm. And to me, that feels like one of the best things about thinking about forgiveness and the grief process is that you are so scared of facing one thing and you mm -hmm. think that it's going to maybe be the end of you. But then on the other side of mm -hmm. it, there's so much wisdom or beauty that you mm -hmm. find and then a new opening mm -hmm. and a new version of yourself potentially totally. mm -hmm. um, or new version of a relationship like you guys mm -hmm. talked about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that. Carter. I do too. Thanks. Thank yeah, sure. Sounds like yeah. self in, a self-inquiry process, mm -hmm. right? Where you mm -hmm. just learned from where your emotions were taking you and mm -hmm. your dysregulation. Right. Took you. Right. And yeah. the idea that w who you were before is different than who you were who you are after mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. the the grief of that, mm -hmm. um, that unknown right. of who, right. who you would be otherwise. Right. And I think we want to stay stuck. Yeah. That was another thing mm -hmm. that I was thinking Thank about you. when we were talking about this podcast and doing this topic is I think there's an inclination for us mm -hmm. to stay the same mm -hmm. or to, to keep a story the same in our lives or to keep a person the same. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. doesn't work. We're yeah. refusing to live into more. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, it's uncomfortable. Um, people want to stay comfortable. They'd mm -hmm. rather prefer to stay with the familiar, even if it's somewhat harmful, because mm -hmm. it can be really scary to dive into the unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the I was thinking when you were talking about just the acceptance of what is mm -hmm. and facing, facing what is going a little bit, I mean, in, in growing and learning what is, um, but I think a lot of times people are so afraid to bear grief that they work. If I work hard enough, I can make blank happen. Like I'm just going right. to keep working at it. Work, 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 and not kind of pausing, facing what they're afraid to face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can just fix something. Mm-hmm. Because grief updates us. That's what it right. in, mm -hmm. effectively does, right? Totally. It's, it tells us that something's happened and mm -hmm. and life is not what it was in whatever way mm -hmm. and um, helps us live into the today. Mm -hmm. So if you don't grieve, you're living right. your life based on assumptions of yesterday. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what does that mean? I mean, that has significant ramifications potentially mm -hmm. in our, how we approach life, who we are, who mm -hmm. we take into, who, who's at the table today. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Right. I think of this um, poet named Nayira Wahid. I think I quoted her to you mm -hmm. earlier, Lexi, but, um, she has a line that says, grieve so you can be free to feel something new. Mm -hmm. um, totally. And mm -hmm. I love that because mm -hmm. it, it feels like it's kind of this opening process, right? I imagine like an onion where you're just like peeling back layer mm -hmm. after layer after layer and eventually you get to some core. Mm -hmm. Maybe not an onion really, but <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but you are, you're peeling away mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. something. And that feels like the grief process mm -hmm. to me because there's constantly another layer that mm -hmm. can be found underneath mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things, too, when you say stuck that comes to mind is um, cutoffs. Mm. Cutoffs with other people, cutoffs with yourself. Right. <laughs> and how people use cutoffs as a quote-unquote mm. solution to conflict or to anger or to avoid. Um, and yet cutoff, I mean, from cutoffs, you know, often keep and hold all that emotion. It's just not being expressed. It's it's delaying 
um, right. it's delaying facing what is and, mm-hmm. and bearing and bearing grief. Um, so I, that I have a lot of energy around yeah. that response or that solution yeah. to avoidance. Right. It can be sort of like amputating a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Or amputating part of the problem or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, you mean cutoffs without having gone through exactly a process with the person. Exactly. Because I can see sometimes it makes sense mm. to leave a relationship or, you know, if mm-hmm. it, there's, but there are other times when people leave relationships mm-hmm. before the problem's even been addressed or totally. acknowledged right. or mm-hmm. you know, approached in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a way to avoid. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And not as a boundary. No. Because like Lexi's mm-hmm. saying, there's some there's mm-hmm. obviously appropriate times to say keeping a boundary between the mm-hmm. two of us and I'm going to go through this process by myself. Right. But if you're not willing to do that and you're cutting out another person, mm-hmm. you're clearly avoiding going through the process alone, going mm-hmm. through the process with them. And the end and of the relationship totally. is supposed to be the solution. And the sad part is, and and I speak about this as a recipient of a cutoff in, in a significant relationship, is then you're not a part of their understanding the situation. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of assumptions and interpretations that are made of the other person. You're not allowing them to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So then, I mean, it's just, it's really sad. It's very... Um, it's so unfortunate. It's just really, it's, it's, it's a giant fill in the blank. Right. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. you know, can insert anything in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah I the was... forgiveness process is so isolating then too, because mm-hmm. both sides of the, whoever made the <laughs> effort to have the cutoff could be working on forgiveness. Right. But so could the person that was the recipient of the cutoff. I mean, mm-hmm. that just feels so like. Well, and going, well, who, yeah, yeah, going who, back to what value you value that or not, I don't totally. know, right? Each right. And for me, um, I'm not, I don't have access to the person. So right. mm-hmm. my experience of forgiveness and grief is ongoing. It's, yeah. it's cyclical. It doesn't, it's not, uh, there's no closure. There's no closure. It, it, it pops up at different times. And the best I can do is respond to it when it, when it comes like waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, when you don't have access to the person. Um, and the ability to work through it interpersonally. Mm-hmm. It's, it just, it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would imagine part of that like cyclical process too is maintaining, I don't know if this is true for you, but maintaining some sort of hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any mm-hmm. in this particular scenario, but you go through a process of kind of letting something go, but it's not mm-hmm. really closed yet. Yeah. And so you can kind of, well, I'm letting myself through. stay attached, right? right like there, exactly. there's, I do care, and I, and there is still love, mm. um, and so within that, you, if you allow yourself to stay connected and attached, then your grief is, your grief right. is right there next to right. it, right? Because then you can feel the pain, yeah, you know, right? Kara, have you forgiven this person? I mean, I think it's one of those again cyclical things. I think that I, um, I mean, I would say that. By the nature of me being able to feel the grief, I'm allowing myself space for forgiveness, that there is mm-hmm. forgiveness mm-hmm. within the relationship. Um, there's anger, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I feel like I just yeah. go through the stages, yeah. the stages of grief. Uh, I pop in and out of them <laughs> with anger and bargaining and, you know, de- what's the other word? Depression and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, it's Denial. probably, it's just... Mm-hmm. It just goes, mm-hmm. I can see myself in different stages. But I would say, I think you asked, how can we, like, what do we get out of going through that process? Or mm-hmm. how does that make life fuller or something? I can't remember what you asked, mm-hmm. Carter. But, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I would I would say that because I haven't let myself stay stuck, um, I certainly can see the ways that it's developed me as a person and created more empathy and um, I can see some of the, the, the blessings it's been, even though I would never want, I, w- I wouldn't wish this on myself, but mm-hmm. I can see some of the, the fruit of it. Um, yeah, especially in terms of, uh, letting go of control. Right. Like one of the things that comes to my mind is, um, the serenity prayer and all this conversation of, you know, God grant me the, um, how does it go? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think a cutoff, like this kind of experience 
um, makes me think about what are the things I can do? What are the ways I can change and what really I can't? And I think right. that was the, the fight I was, I was working with is I will do, I, I can make this, I can make this change. I can make it happen. I can reconcile, but I, I can't, I can't, I don't have hundred percent control over that. Right. And that was, I mean, that, yeah. that, that's a lesson I can take in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like you, you had an edge at one point mm-hmm. on the, I have some control here. Totally. Let me exercise my control. Yep. I'll make this happen. Yep. I'm effective in all these ways yes, in my life. Totally. So, and yeah. your edge was trying to find your control at one point. And what are, so do you have a sense of other edges you encounter in your forgiveness process over the years? I, well, it goes back to what I said earlier about anger, how it's, it's difficult for me to connect to the anger. It was, it's been challenging to connect to the anger in the scenario towards this person. Um, so I would say like that, you know, that, that is challenging and I've been able to, to some degree, but finding your anger mm-hmm. is part mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I so badly want connection. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking through this whole like cycle that you're describing that, um, similar to what I had said in my story too, that there's a, a sense of wisdom and a sense of closeness to self that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that forgiveness isn't linear. It mm-hmm. can come back in cycles. And I think especially in a, a situation where you're, you're allowing yourself to stay attached still. Mm-hmm. I think that that's actually a really beautiful thing because it, it means that you're both still maintaining desire Mm-hmm, which would right. be maybe the the key right. the key hope the core hope for this relationship in the best case scenario right. and yet also dealing with the reality and all of the anger and all the sadness and all the depression that might come with that and then right. returning again to okay now that I've expressed all that even only to myself right I wish it were still this way right mm-hmm. and to me that is a process of hope too. It's like you go through all this muck and kind of get mm-hmm. to that gym mm-hmm. still somehow. And I think that that is horrible mm-hmm. sometimes to find out mm-hmm. that, God, I still love this person a lot. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, to see other people around me just be angry on my behalf right. and like, why do you even care anymore? Like let that person go. Right. So right. It, it's, it's been interesting to watch people around me too relate mm-hmm. to the yeah. circumstance. Right. And that yeah. and that hope can actually be really honoring of self rather mm. than, yeah, the anger is honoring of self. But I think so is the hope to be able to say, yeah, I'm pissed about this and mm-hmm. I want something else too. Right. And I'm going to just let that be the case still, even if it's mm-hmm. not true, <laughs> even mm-hmm. if it can't totally. happen yet. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sit here pretty quiet because I'm scared mm. is kind of how I feel right now. And I would wonder where that fits into forgiveness because... I don't want to say anything that's could get in the way of mm. there being reconciliation or forgiveness in this relationship that Kara's talking about. Mm. So I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just mm. feeling scared. And as Kara keeps talking, I'm like, okay, she's still talking about this, but, um, <laughs> but then I am like, what does that, what my, yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of being scared too that happens in the cycle of forgiveness even though I'm not oh yeah in that like mm-hmm. I've been around a lot of anger around this particular scenario mm-hmm. um a lot of sadness a lot of compassion a lot of mm-hmm. um problem solving um but I'm just attuned to my um being scared mm-hmm. and yeah I wonder how much people don't move um towards forgiveness or consider forgiveness because of being scared mm-hmm. I think so. that's a really important question I think it's, it's probably a lot yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it involves a lot of risk I'd say mm-hmm. yep yeah. and a lot of feelings I mean you're just you're allowing yourself a lot of feelings you're Mm-hmm. I felt feelings. a lot. A lot of feelings. Yeah. There's a lot of feelings. A lot of risk, a lot of feelings, and then also a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of change that happens. I think when you're mm-hmm. when you're Consider- considering yeah. forgiveness, yeah. and that can be terrifying. It can mean letting something go that you're not really ready to let go of, or realizing that a situation was not as you thought, mm-hmm. and that's sometimes way worse sometimes mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. to realize like, oh, this person really did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That really was not okay. Mm. And then 
to move on with that new information, like you were saying earlier, Lexi, and, and get an updated version of life mm-hmm. as you knew it yeah. is not something everyone wants to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me of um, Maya Angelou um, talked about uh, unpacking the word forgiveness, so to give for. And mm. so it just mm. brings up the idea of wh- why would we forgive? You know, I think that's a driving question right. of this conversation. Why would we? Mm. Well, you know, I guess I connect mm. up with just wanting to take care of myself and and not wanting to live in the muck mm. of um, something that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I have no control over. What's done is, you know, what, what yeah. happened is what's happened. I don't know if I want to live there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So just connecting up with that idea of we do it for ourselves to take care of ourselves. We're not right. doing it for the other. Mm-hmm. I think right. that's the one of the key ideas here, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking and it feels a little bit non sequitur at this point, but I'm thinking about relationship to one's body, particularly through that lens that if we're so punishing of our bodies and we can't forgive ourselves for having a little extra fat or something, then we can't ever be embodied really in a kind way. We can't really ever enjoy ourselves, enjoy our bodies, enjoy our lives entirely Mm -hmm. if we're constantly refusing some process of forgiveness of self for Mm -hmm. the way that we look even Mm -hmm. or what we ate or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. You have to go through a similar process to say, you know what? It's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't totally like this part of my body. Mm -hmm. It's what it looks like though Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it might always look like that or it might Mm -hmm. always keep changing who knows Mm -hmm. but the only way to be kind and continue to take care of myself would be to instead of punish myself and try and change my body would really be to say okay this is what it is Mm -hmm. I'm mad about that wish it weren't the case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but let's find some sort of beauty here some sort of kindness at least and start caring about some new things too. Yeah. That it goes back to that acceptance of what is right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're, if you don't, if you don't allow yourself to be in that space, then it, yeah, it's always energy of the changing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's acceptance of what is and then making meaning of what is right. Yeah. Like there's something that's so that feels Yep. like a big part of it for in my process is what what's the meaning of this there's some there's something that life's trying to tell me mm-hmm. through this mm-hmm. and that's where we dive into the self-inquiry process mm-hmm. right <laughs> dysregulation and learning from totally what our emotions right are telling us mm-hmm. right I think one um, of the most comforting things though too in that process for somebody and for myself is just that I, I was doing the best that I could or I was I was doing what seemed like if it was more of a self, you know, right. having this relation, you know, having it more in oneself. Um, it's like I, I was doing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's the is is true about somebody who I, I would identifies more as an OC and would be maybe, you know, considering this. It's like, yeah. They live doing the best that they can every moment. Like that's just how one lives. And so then if they've still ended in a moment that they feel regretful of this or that or they don't like the way that their body looks, like, yeah, but you probably have, I probably have done the best that I could with all that I knew in each moment of my day because that is the way that I live, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, um, but it's, I think it's harder to connect with, but I find that to be comforting. Mm Mm-hmm. Or just a mantra of yeah. sorts, right? To yeah. It's, and it, yeah. in contrast to the sort of punishing voice we talked yeah. about, too, that would maybe refuse self-forgive, self-forgiveness, yeah. the one that asks, was I doing the best I could? And mm-hmm. normally would answer yes is one that is probably way more compassionate and way more coming from a place of, of kindness and sort of a self-mothering mm-hmm. posture of... Mm-hmm. Look at what happened, and mm-hmm. and you did what you could, or yeah. you still had the best intentions, or mm-hmm. of course you wouldn't have wanted that mm-hmm. to be the case, or you know whatever else. And that's yeah. the place where we can kind of turn mm-hmm. into a different posture. Mm-hmm. And that's usually mm-hmm. the starting point in groups. Is what would you what would you say to your kids? What would you say to a friend? Right. What would, mm-hmm. what would be the voice you'd have to somebody else? Because often they can have a lot of compassion for other people that they care about. Mm-hmm. And then what would that be like to turn that voice? towards yourself right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. 
And that, that voice often has a lot of gratitude in it. One of the, one of the aspects of um, forgiveness in RO is practicing thankfulness and gratitude. Because mm. when you're feeling grudgy and resentful, mm. thankfulness feels mm, totally push pops you out of that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's yeah. what i need to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah the end oh, <laughs> Attitude list. i there's an example that's coming to my mind though of just thinking about how um one particular story of just a client that's really connected to popcorn and chocolate and popcorn and chocolate and just kind of embarrassed like getting back to the store and having so much regret so much anger so much frustration and then finally to be able to hear the story of where that was introduced and the joy of where that was right. and the home environment where it was offered at a friend's down the street and like so much gratitude about that place, that place that she got to escape to as a kid yes. and got to eat those yes. things. And I'm like, oh, I could just see how right. I think that her, you know, in our times talking about that and me more affirming why right. is is going to move her towards a place of forgiveness towards herself having this, what she believes is a very you know, unhealthy, quote unquote, pattern of eating those foods, right. you know. But, but it was actually coming out of a place of trying to care for herself, yes, maybe. Yes. By so finding these doing great, the best, wonderful foods. Yep. And, so, and she can have actually a lot of gratitude about the way that she was introduced to those foods and brought yeah. those into her life and why they continue to be a part of her life. So mm-hmm. I just think of that as those, um, as another, yeah, place of that mm-hmm. forgiveness and how that lands for. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should end here mm-hmm. this is like such a sort of solemn sacred lovely <laughs> topic <laughs> all three at once mm-hmm. it feels like we've definitely slowed down we were giggling a ton <laughs> at first yeah. it's continued but yeah. but it definitely is one that feels like an entrance point into mm-hmm. some really sacred places to me mm-hmm. yeah. thanks mm-hmm. Okay, practicing forgiveness. To start, sit in a comfortable yet alert position and take a breath with awareness in order to center yourself into this moment. And bring into your awareness the memory of a past grievance or injury and the loss you need to grieve. And now silently repeat after me. I recognize that to forgive and reclaim my life, I must first grieve my loss of my expectations or beliefs about the world, myself, or other people. For today's practice, I need to grieve the loss of my expectations. By grieving this loss, I'm learning to recognize that I cannot avoid the pain of this past injury. It is not something that I can ignore, deny, or pretend never happened, as this only creates more suffering. My sadness helps me recognize that the world is not always as I expect it to be. By allowing myself to experience the sadness of my loss without getting down on myself, falling apart, or blaming others, I take the first step toward forgiveness and genuine healing. I recognize that forgiveness is freely chosen. And so, with full awareness, I freely choose to forgive. I forgive you. I recognize that this brief practice of forgiveness means taking care of myself and that by repeating this practice frequently, I am freeing myself from useless anger, resentment, or rumination, and reclaiming my life by taking a step toward living more fully in the present. And that's um, Dr. Lynch's grief script. Forgiveness script. Forgiveness it's a forgiveness script. script. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Well, there's grief in there too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Always. <laughs> mm-hmm.